Welcome to the Warrior Goddess Revolution, a podcast dedicated to helping you get free, free of shame, free of fear, free of limitations, and free to become the woman you are meant to be. Let the inner revolution begin. Here's your host, Heather Ash Amara. So welcome back to episode 20, Warrior Goddess podcast. And I just want to pause and just feel gratitude that there's been 20 episodes already, which seems like a lot. I just started this podcast in the spring and it's been such a just joy to interview some of my friends, some people that I have never met, and also to do these bi-weekly little bites. That's how I think about these ones, is that every other episode of Warrior Goddess Revolution podcast is me doing, sharing a little teaching, about a 20 to 30 minute teaching. And then in between that, longer interviews with change makers, with healers, with revolutionaries. And so you get to meet other warrior goddesses and see what they are up to as well. So all the episodes, if you're new to Warrior Goddess Revolution podcast, all the episodes are available, warriorgoddess.com slash podcast. And there's a lot of them up on YouTube as well, the ones that I do, the these shorter 30-minute ones. So today, our topic is about the dance of the victim and the judge and how I, I thought about what do I want to call this? And I decided calling it a dance because it's ongoing. And we can learn to bring in more a sense of play rather than frustration into this dance with these two aspects, judge and victim. So let's define them just very briefly. So the judge part of ourselves is a part of ourself that is thinks it knows the way things should be, is tends to punish us, compare us to other people, is looking for faults and what's wrong. And it's also really connected often to what I call disaster mind, the part of our mind that's looking at worst case scenarios all the time. And then there's the victim part of ourselves. And the victim part is the part that feels like it's not fair. I don't know how to do this. It's scary. And the, the victim part for many of us is very distasteful. Like we're familiar with the judge and we usually don't like the victim. And it feels really uncomfortable and vulnerable. You know, that, that victim energy is that sense of, I don't know how to do this. And there's a real vulnerability that's connected to it. Now, both of these energies also have superpowers, we can say, when they're used skillfully. Okay. For me, judge and victim is qualities that are unhealed and that when we bring our attention to these parts of ourselves, we can help them shift into a more mature version of themselves that we can say. So example, judge, instead of going with judgment all the time, we can learn to discern. Judgment makes things good or bad or right or wrong. So it creates this polarity and opposites that are actually not very helpful because usually then if you're good, then later the judge is going to make you bad. You can't win. And if you're bad, then you're trying to become good. So there's all this struggle that comes when we're in that judge lens. We're looking at life through that judge lens. But another lens to look through is discernment, that we're learning to discern what's true here. 
what's actually happening here. And when we discern something, there isn't conflict, there isn't um, drama. It's just, I'm just seeing, well, this works for me and this doesn't work for me. And we're clear then of what's the next action to take. It makes it easier for us to be in action. So the second is that place of victim. And what we can move into is really good, honest vulnerability. So the victim energy is, is in a way trying not to be vulnerable um, and often is protecting itself out of fear and I'm not good enough and it never goes the way I want it to versus real vulnerability is like I'm scared right now and I'm holding myself. I feel tender. So there's an honesty that helps us to be in relationship with our body more and with just the vulnerable tenderness that's happening so that we can support ourselves through it. So I want to share a story that happened to me recently, like yesterday, about going back into the dance with my victim self and not realizing it and and being mirrored that so that I could see it. So right now we're making lots of changes within the organization and September 1st, you're all going to see there's going to be a bunch of new things coming out, which is really exciting. And in the meantime, things are really wobbly in a way. There's a lot of up in the airness feeling sense behind the scenes. And um, one of the things that I've been noticing inside of myself is that I go in these phases of having clarity and enthusiasm and excitement. And then I feel overwhelmed and scared. And am I doing it wrong? And I woke up last night or night before last, middle of the night, basically having a panic attack, minor, like a, I would say a little panic attack, um, but lots of anxiety, middle of the night, lots of anxiety, lots of worry, lots of disaster mind. And I got myself up and I went for a walk. Um, and then I went and sat in my trailer and, and just really worked to calm myself down. And it took a long time. And what I noticed the next day is I was really weepy, like I had a lot of tears. And I was actually really happy about that. So most of us, many of us, not all of us, but many of us have tended to repress our emotions. And I'm definitely in that spectrum as I have a tendency to repress emotion. That was my coping strategy as a child. And so as an adult, when I have tears come, I'm usually so grateful and so relieved because there's a process for them to find their way to the surface. <laughs> And last night I was like, okay, good. Like there's movement happening in my body and I can feel there's this old energy that wants to be released and I just need to make space for it. So I got quiet and I waited and I put myself back to sleep. I did some journaling. I did some warrior heart practice. So I did, did some different things. I meditated and in the morning the tears started coming. I got enough spaciousness and I started separating things out that the tear, and I was like, thank you. I'm so happy the tears are here. And I think I cried through four or five different calls yesterday because I wanted to honor the tears that were there. And then as I watched the tears and what I was saying and what I was thinking, what I realized is there was a part of me that was feeling really victimized by everything that's happening. And that I had created this story, this old, like reconnected to this old story 
that it's really hard. I don't know what I'm doing. And I was really blessed to talk with a friend of mine, Carrie Cudmore, who's a, a spiritual finance magician. She's brilliant. And we were, in theory, talking about finances. But of course, as she said, finances are never about finances. There's always about something else. So as we were just talking a little bit about what I'm, how I'm navigating money, my relationship with it, where I've been stuck in the past, this story came up. Because I was saying to her, I'm like, I'm dealing with this big victim part of me right now that feels so activated. And she's like, well, what's the story that you're telling yourself? And, and I realized the story was, and I've had this since my childhood, is either I'm doing it right and I know what I'm doing and I'm on top of it and I've got it, or... I don't know what I'm doing. It's extreme. There isn't a middle way. Like when I'm in that victim energy, that's what it's like. It's either I'm doing it right or I'm doing it wrong. And I've fallen into the I'm doing it wrong part of the equation. And literally, I can remember being a child and being seven, eight years old and thinking like, I, I know exactly how to do this. I know exactly what I'm doing and having all this confidence and all this enthusiasm. And then crashing later. So even as a kid, and what Carrie reflected to me, she, she said, it sounds like you have perfectionism, that the doing it right is connected to perfectionism, which is connected to the judge, right? There's a judgment of you're doing it right, you're doing it perfect. And that when that then falls, boom, I slam into, I can't do it. I'm doing it wrong. I've never known how to do it. And confusion. And that's the victim part. So when I realize that, that this is just, this is a pattern that I've navigated in my life that I will continue to navigate. And that part of the pattern happens around the judge wanting things to be perfect. And then when it feels like I'm not doing it perfect, then the victim gets activated. And there was this then grace of like, okay, I'm dancing. This was my feeling like I'm dancing with the judge and the victim right now. How do I do this in a different way? How do I, how do I heal in this moment and create more spaciousness? So it wasn't about, I'm close, you know, like I shouldn't be victimized ever, or I should never be judgmental. It was like, what is the skill set? One, I need to discern where I'm at, what I'm doing. Two, I need to attend to the vulnerability that's happening. Because again, often when you have victim happening, what's happening actually is you're feeling vulnerable. You're feeling afraid. And so I just went towards, hi, sweetie. I know you feel like you don't know what you're doing, but that's actually not true. And that was something else that got reflected to me yesterday is as I was watching this victim part of me act out, I had a reflection of, you know, you have more skills, and several times, like I think three times yesterday, you have more skill sets than you think. You have more capacity than you know. And I let that sink in of why is it that I'm thinking I don't have capacity? Why am I thinking that I don't know what I'm doing? It's because there isn't a middle way I'm doing these extremes. So I'm guessing some of you can probably relate as you're listening to a place where you go into extremes around you're either trying to be perfect, trying to be right, or judging, and then you fall back into I'm doing it wrong, I don't know what I'm doing, feeling victimized. And that to, to shift the dance, because the dance right now is back and forth judge and victim, 
is to embrace both of them and re realize the dance is helping you to find that middle way where you're not trying to be perfect. You don't need to compare or judge yourself where you're not falling into, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm terrible. I'm a bad person or whatever else is on the other side, but you're finding that middle way, which is I'm flawed. I'm going to make mistakes. And I, I have skills. I know what I'm doing in certain areas and the places that I don't know what I'm doing, I'm getting good help to help me with that. Okay. So keeping that dance and there's that, that wobble when we're in the any sort of duality, good, bad, right, wrong, there's going to be this feeling sense of wobbliness trying to figure out who's on the who's the on the right side and who's on the wrong side and which side am I on and there's often making there's the othering that happens it's them against us all of that creates more wobble when we start coming into our centers and into our hearts we realize everybody's navigating their own stories their own emotion their own childhood their own experiences and that we get to love ourselves forward, that we don't have to use the judge or the victim to motivate us or to feel powerful or feel powerless. You know, one of the, the questions my friend asked me yesterday is, what are you getting out of being in victim energy? What's the, res what's the reward? And I was like, oh, right, I'm getting a reward for this in some way. It doesn't feel good, but what's the reward? And part of the reward was, well, if it doesn't work out, it's just because I didn't know what I was doing. Versus like I get to step up and go, okay, there's pieces I don't know, but there's a lot I do know follow the energy. And it might not work. And that's okay. Follow the energy. Follow the the intent this is for all of us follow what are what is my intent what is it that i'm creating what's the feeling sense that i want to create and that we then open to the vulnerability of of change and the discernment that's needed when change is happening so you can make good choices that help you stay steady and that it's that we're navigating, learning how to self-soothe. I love that word. It's from a, a book. I first read it from, a, oh, I can't remember the name of the book, but the author's called David Snarch. Uh, and it's a relationship book. And he talks about the importance of self-soothing, which is talking to ourselves in a sweet, gentle way that we're cheerleading ourselves on rather than tearing ourselves down all the time so part of this that i'm sharing today to link it back to warrior goddess training the book is around committing to ourselves lesson one commit to you lesson two align with life and committing to ourselves is committing to understand we're going to be in a dance with our judge and our victim that those aspects of ourselves and that our job is to help mature them so that what, what they're helping us in our growth is to discern 
and to own our vulnerability, to own that ten those tender places. And that's the dance, is learning how to find the way to play so that we support ourselves as we move forward. And that also one of the things that we're navigating right now is the world is really wobbly. I mean, how many of you are feeling, I'm sure almost everybody is feeling it right now, that pandemic land, you know, we all have this hope of like, it's going to be over. We're going back to normal. My favorite, favorite cafe. This is so exciting. My favorite, favorite cafe, which has been closed since March, 2019, just, or sorry, 2020, just opened. And it's really unknown what's going to happen next. You know, I've heard every, I've heard all sorts of different things. And so to not go into disaster mind about it and the fires, exactly. Yes. Yeah. And the fires. So, and all the climate emergency is that I think they're now calling it climate emergency versus climate change that there's a lot of flux and there, the truth is loves. There's always flux. There's always flux. That's true about being humans and being on a planet that's changing as well. And these are also some extreme times, things that we haven't navigated before. And there's still a lot of unknown. So staying steady with yourself when things are wobbly outside so that you don't then go into more and more wobble. Okay? And you can start to play with this inside of yourself is that there's, there's places where we start getting a little bit wobbly and you can feel it. But if you ignore the little wobble, it tends to get bigger and bigger and bigger until then you feel really judgmental towards yourself, angry at others, victimized by the world, confused. What started off as maybe a small wobble when ignored grows and grows and grows until it really gets your attention. And you're usually in trauma or trigger or big upset okay that's it's dramatic and that's what i was watching myself yesterday i was i was kind of laughing at myself because i'm like i am making this more dramatic than it needs to be i'm putting more energy into this for myself of what i'm navigating i'm like just start pulling some of the energy out sweetheart it's not that dramatic it's change that's okay embracing all of us and embracing that change is going to create wobbles and that the world outside can be wobbly and we can learn to continue to stabilize, get grounded, get centered, stay clear about what am I doing and realize it's a dance. It's a dance, which means you can be creative, which means you can have fun, which means you can play, which means that your dance might be a tango some days and other days your dance might be a waltz. So it might be, you know, slow and steady is what you're needing. And sometimes what you need is like passion and fire and a lot of energy, which I would call tango. So you can play what's the energy needed in your life right now. Do you need more calming, soothing? Do you need more fire like action or some combination of the two? but hold these two aspects of self, victim and judge. Don't take them so seriously either. This is you know, one of the core, core practices and tenets in warrior goddess training. 
and the work that I share and that I practice is awareness, is becoming aware. And what starts to happen as you deepen your awareness is it doesn't mean you never get feel victimized or you, the judge never shows up. It means that when they show up, you catch it pretty quickly. So I've been watching this aspect of myself. And then I was like, oh, hi, sweetheart. It's you. And there's this sense of like, ah, old friend. Okay, what does this old friend need so that I can move forward from my intent rather than being guided from that place of victim or that place of judgment? Beautiful. So any questions? So we're going to open up now. And for those of you that are listening to the podcast later, I do these 30-minute lives on Facebook and YouTube and then turn them into podcasts later. And today, I'm just going to open it up if anybody has any questions and I will answer them. We'll put it in the podcast because it's kind of nice sometimes. So any of you that are on YouTube or Facebook right now listening live, feel free to add a comment. Those of you that are listening to the podcast later, just know that at any time you're welcome to email if you've got a question around something. Hello at heatherashamara.com. Calm. Be happy to answer any questions that you have that come up from anything in the podcast. Yeah. And that's so true. Somebody just shared about you know, somehow, sometimes a spirit that finances can be such a big trigger. And it's so true. And that when we face it and get support, that we can really transform that relationship. So I love it. Yeah, I reached out instead of judging. It is great. I'm happy to have went through this. Yeah, beautiful. And that's, you know, instead of judging ourselves, just I this is another thing that I I learned I learned about myself and that I teach and that I share is that instead of going into judging, can you can we stop and ask what support do I need? What's next? That changes your life. Cuz then instead of tend to spending all of your energy punishing yourself or making yourself wrong or then feeling victimized cuz you're going back and forth is curiosity. What's my next step? Where do I need help? Where do I need support? Where do I need guidance? And that's about supporting yourself and also calling in the troops to help. You know, it might be a therapist, a coach, a community. I'm such a big fan of community. I really believe we need each other on this journey. Yeah, and somebody else wrote, I think mine goes back to seeking daddy's approval, something I never had, and since he has passed, never will. That's both the judge and the victim. Yeah, exactly. And you can trace so often the places where these different parts of ourselves going to take us out as adults back to our childhood of like, I didn't get that approval that I wanted so badly. And that there's parts of us that are still seeking it, and we've got to be really mindful to course correct in a loving way. Yeah, exactly. Food can be a trigger as well. Drinking. Yeah. I guess it takes courage to create the space to heal an anxiety. It does. And part of it is the navigation of learning how to be with the anxiety and not try to change it, fix it, but just stay and be with it in a loving space. And then listen, what do I need here? What does this being need? Because there's a reason that anxiety is there. Sometimes it's biochemical. Sometimes it's situational. 
And so to, to really listen to the body and the being of where's, what is this anxiety? What's beneath it? And what's the next action steps? Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Somebody wrote in, I'm getting there slowly, but when the judge comes back, I'm not yet able to say, hello, old friend, what do you need? I'm still at the level of, oh no, I'm not letting you come back and push me down again. Yeah. And, you know, there's that place of making a boundary is good. And if you're not like listening to heal what's underneath the judgment, you're going to be trying to shut that door over and over again. And in a way, it's like, okay, open the door, come on in, tell me what you're needing. Not that you believe the judge or the victim about exactly what they're saying, but there's a, a deeper message that's going to help heal something in the past to support that deeper healing. And I always say you can use everything to support yourself, to grow, to learn, to heal. You can use everything against yourself to tear yourself down. That's your choice. And that's the commitment. You know, in the warrior goddess path, the commitment is we're learning how to stop tearing ourselves down, to stop comparing ourselves, to stop going into the disaster mind and learning how to discern truth, make good boundaries, speak our truth, get clear, call in support, be held clear out the old shame, the old agreements, the old beliefs, so that there's more space for us to take up rather than it being filled with all the stories from the past. It's another share. I have need to give up fear. I'm working on love. So much shows up and I've learned I don't have control. Just trying to be still with the things that I can't control. Yes, that's a great job to be still with the things you can't control. And can you bring compassion to yourself and your desire to want to change it or compassion to the other person or to the situation? Can you bring love? Can you bring presence? Sometimes presence, just your presence, no fixed chain, just your presence is medicine. So, so healing. So often, there's, there's a question is when we judge others, are we really judging ourselves? Sometimes, but not always. What the judgment, it may be that you're judging yourself, but it may also be that you're judging a value that you're holding other people should hold up to. And that in an indirect way, you're judging yourself around that or you're more what happens is we get righteous, doesn't feel like judgment, but we're like, this is the way it should be. And they're not being that way. So I'm judging them. There may not be I'm judging myself because I'm not, I'm doing that too. But it may be you're not doing it. And so you're righteous of like, this is just the way it should be. But that's not what anybody else agreed to. But you and probably who agreed to it was a judge perfectionist part in the first place. Doesn't mean that that value that you have isn't important. It might be incredibly important to you, but it's who's holding the value. Does that make sense? Okay, good. Who's holding the value? So let's say, I mean, I love this one, this idea of being nice. So I had for years, I still work with this, but like everyone in the world should be nice to each other. Like, duh, that's just, 
what the truth is, is that's one of my values is kindness to be nice to others. But there's also old agreements, right inside of me. And the old agreement is I have to be nice, no matter what, I must be nice. Okay, so there's a core value of being kind to others that's true, that's honest, that's that's deeply in my being. But there's a shell on top of that which says, and you have to be nice because if you're not nice, people are going to abandon you. You're showing that you're a terrible person. So I have to peel the layer off to get to the core value. Once I'm actually at the core value, it doesn't matter to me if people are nice or not nice because that's my choice to be kind. I'm saying nice and kind is the same word. It's my choice to be kind. That's It's my choice, I like it, right? Other people can do whatever they're gonna do. But when I'm still in that shell of like, and you have to be kind, I have to be kind in order to, for the world to work, <laughs> right? Because sometimes we have these crazy beliefs if I'm not this way, the world's going to completely fall apart. When you're in that, it's very easy to judge other people for not being kind, for instance, because they're not le- holding up to our old belief that you have to be kind. But what's true? Nobody has to be anything. And you still get to make boundaries. You still get to make boundaries. Exactly. Yes. And there's there's that belief. I always have to be nice or so that people will like me. And then my stepmom will be wrong about me being hated. Oh, so there's a proving in there. Yes, that's so powerful. So do you feel that? There's a proving. I have to prove that I'm nice. Because if I prove that I'm nice and if I'm nice to everybody, then my stepmom is wrong about everything. Okay. That's the dismantle. When you dismantle that of like you get to choose to be nice or not. And this has nothing like whatever your stepmama said did nothing to do with you. And I'm, I'm simplifying this obviously because we're on time, but yes, you get, okay, good. Okay. So then, then what happens is that you're, you still have the value, whatever that value is for you. But when other people aren't meeting your value, let's say, or they're like not, and we're just using kindness or niceness as just a, a thing. One, you don't feel like I have to be kind and nice all the time. Like that starts dissolving. You realize I'm going to be who I am. And much of the time that's going to be kind and nice. And sometimes people aren't going to perceive it as kind or nice. You stop worrying about how other people are perceiving and you keep coming back to, was that kindness from here? And then what starts to happen is when other people aren't holding that, you don't judge them. You're just like, and they're not holding that. And then you're at choice. I want to be in a relationship. I don't. I want to make a boundary here. I don't need to. They get to be who they're at, where they're at, or who they are. And then I get to make a choice. It empowers us again. And you'll see the places where, again, where that victim energy or that judge energy gets wrapped in to what I think of as our our core morals, which are beautiful, but get compromised by the judge or the victim. Yeah, beautiful. So one more share. Martyr, that was me, martyr myself. As kind wasn't hard, it was when I realized I was compromising my freedom. 
I could step away. And that was being nice to me. Yes, I love that. Instead of being a victim, boy, I'm warring on. Still nice, but me first. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. It's so true. <sighs> being kind to yourself. Putting the oxygen man mask on first. Yeah, absolutely. And it's true. Judgment. I mean, why are we wanting to step out of judgment or step out of victim? It's because it doesn't feel good and it's energetically heavy in the body. And so that's what where, where my work is, is to look at what's the energetic of these things and how do they impact us. And that makes them easier to start to unwind. Makes it easier to step into discernment when we understand that judgment is causing us to lose energy, to harden ourselves, to force and push. It helps us to step towards vulnerability when we, when we understand that holding victim causes us to lose energy and causes us to go into fear, to, to feel useless, to feel like I don't know what I'm doing, to feel I'm never good enough which is really different from vulnerability, which is, this is hard and I'm here with myself. This is scary and I'm here with myself. And that's growth. There's no growth without vulnerability. And I also believe there's no growth without discernment. So that's the dance, is holding hands with discernment and vulnerability. And also understanding you're going to be dancing with your own judge and victim energies and learning how to witness them and course correct with love, helping them mature. I always think about those parts of us as like little kids that didn't get the right parenting. And it's my job to now reparent them. And from an energetic point of view, it's my job to manage my own energy where I'm leaking my energy, where I'm giving my energy to other people, where I'm stagnating my energy. That's my job. And I need tools for that. We all need tools for that to learn how to direct and guide our energy. So I want to share that we have the seventh year anniversary of the birthday of Warrior Goddess Training, the book, September 1st. So get ready. There is a lot of magic coming up. We're going to take September, the entire month of September to celebrate. We're taking some time off August. So our whole team's pulling back a little bit, um, but we'll still be, we'll still be around. We're just doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes that we're really, really excited to share with you on September 1st, 2021. So thanks for those of you that joined live blessings for those of you that are listening to the podcast. Again, Warrior Goddess Revolution podcast is available on all the places, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, all the places. You can also go directly to warriorgoddess.com slash podcast to listen there as well to all the back episodes. This is episode number 20. I'm celebrating because that just feels like, yay, two decades. <laughs> 20 and gratitude for each of you for listening blessing take good care of yourselves if you enjoyed this episode don't forget to like subscribe and share it with a fellow warrior goddess if you felt fully empowered and inspired by what you heard today we want to know about it you can share your feedback by leaving a review wherever you listen to your podcasts we thank you for your support. It's the fastest way to fuel the revolution. 
To learn more about the Warrior Goddess Revolution and other Warrior Goddess offerings, visit us at www.warriorgoddess.com.